This is the Sisterhood of the Traveling Books. I'm your host, Asia. And I'm Kiana. And this week, we are finishing up The Shining. Dick Halloran is visiting a vegetable market in Florida, and as he's heading to a restaurant, Danny's message hits him, and he almost wrecks. He tells his job that he has to go to his apartment and drops his will from his pocket. He also reflects at weird things he's seen at the Overlook and how he can't let Danny face it alone. He's heading to the airport but misses his flight. Danny tells Wendy that Tony can't come anymore and how the people in the hotel are tricking Jack to get to Danny. Wendy and Danny can both hear the hotel come alive and they sleep behind a locked door that night. The night of December 1st, Jack's going over papers and forgets to check the boiler for 12 hours. He releases the valve and wants to tell his family to leave and let the boiler blow up, but he doesn't. Danny has a nightmare that the hotel is on fire and him and Wendy are watching outside the hotel while his dad comes out in flames. Danny goes to the corridors and a dog man threatens to eat Danny. Danny checks on Wendy and tries to call Dick again, but the Overlook won't let him. Danny gets another flight, I mean, not Danny, Dick. Dick gets another flight, and he tries to call the Rocky Mountain Park Authority to check on the Overlook, but the ranger says they haven't gotten a CB call, and Dick doesn't have reliable information that they're in trouble because there's no way that he would know that information from where he's at. He also tells them that they don't have anybody to send to the Overlook to check because everybody is dealing with another emergency. So Jack is in the lounge as the hotel comes alive again, and he gets a drink from the manager. Jack doesn't know why the hotel wants his family, but when he asks to see the manager, he's just told to drink up. Jack drinks up and asks for another drink. So Jack is partying with the guests and dancing with a lady, and Grady comes and says Danny needs to be corrected. And just as he corrected his own family. And Jack says he'll deal with it. Grady shows Jack the clock. And the clock shows a man beating a boy with a mallet. Jack screams. And when he turns around, the lounge is empty. Dick's flight lands in around 8.30ish in the morning. And he rents a car and heads towards the hotel. Around noon, Wendy goes and makes lunch and looks around for Jack and finds him on the bar floor. When she finds him, he accuses her of conspiring with Danny against him, and he begins to choke her. He continues to choke her, but he finally lets go when Danny comes and sees what's happening and jumps on Jack's back. He lets Wendy go so that he can knock Danny off of him and then goes back to choking Wendy. Wendy knocks him out with a wine bottle candle holder thingy, And Wendy tells Jack that they have to remember it's the hotel giving Jack alcohol and they decide to lock him away in the pantry. At 3 p.m., Wendy and Danny can still hear Jack screaming in the pantry. And then all of a sudden at 4.30, the screaming stops. And then at 4.45, the elevator is moving and the hotel starts coming to life. So Jack is sitting in the pantry and wonders why the hotel wants Danny when they already have him. They already have Jack. Why do they need Danny? And Grady comes and he scolds him. 
he's telling him that, you know, he shouldn't have let Wendy get the best of him. And Jack agrees, and so finally Grady lets him out of the pantry where there is a martini and a mallet waiting on Jack. So the afternoon of December 2nd, Dick wrecks his Buick, but he gets a plow to get it back on the road, and he gets instructions to um, this place in Sidewinder where he can rent a snowmobile. So Danny falls asleep, and Wendy can hear Jack talking about killing them, and so she leaves to check to see if he got free, and for some reason she doesn't lock the door. So she goes, and she's at the stairs in the lobby, and she sees Jack coming, and he comes at her, and he hits her, and she stabs him, and then she's crawling up the stairs when she hears him say that she killed him, and why did she kill him? And he starts coming at her again. So Dick gets to Sidewinder, and he rents a snowmobile, and he's heading up to the Overlook, and he even hears the hotel telling him that the lion is waiting for him, and when he gets to those head animals, the lion attacks him. So Jack goes to their quarters, and Danny isn't there, but Wendy locks herself in the bathroom. So Jack is breaking a hole in the bathroom door, and he reaches in to unlock the door, but Wendy cuts him with a razor. Jack leaves because he heard something, and Wendy leaves to try to go find Danny. So Dick beats the hedge line by burning it, and he enters the hotel looking for Danny. Instead of Danny, Jack finds Dick and smashes his face in with the mallet. Jack then continues to go look for Danny. So Danny is dreaming and Tony calls to him because he can call to him because this is a level of his subconscious where the hotel can't reach. And he hears, you know, the mallet knocking in the background and Tony says, you know, Wendy and Dick are badly hurt and that they might die if, you know, he doesn't, you know, get up and help and that's the only way they're going to survive. And, you know, Danny's like, I know it's not his dad, it's the hotel. And Tony says that Danny will remember what Jack forgot. Danny then goes and he encounters dead bodies in the hallway and he tries to hide in the attic. Wendy's in the hall calling for Danny or Dick and here's Jack looking for Danny. She finds Dick and sees Jack in the elevator heading for Danny. Jack finds Danny, and Danny's saying that he's a false face, and the hotel won't get what he wants. And then Danny does remember what Jack forgot, because he remembers the boiler, and then the creature that took over his dad leaves to try to make it to the boiler in time. So Danny finds his mom and Dick on the first floor, and he's telling them, like, they gotta get out. So Dick has already had visions of the overlooking flames and Danny goes to their room and bring coats and boots for himself and Wendy. Dick sees the ballroom clock and he realizes that it's one minute to midnight and they only have a minute to escape the building. In the basement, Jack reaches the boiler just as it explodes. And at that same time, Dick is carrying Wendy and Danny through the front doors and the blast propels them into the snow and they watch the hotel burn. So the fire is going 
and Danny and Dick help Wendy onto the snowmobile, and they can see the fire consuming, you know, essentially the whole, um, hotel. And then, um, they stop at the equipment shed to gather some horse blankets to insulate themselves and keep them warm on the drive back to Sidewinder, and when Dick goes in the shed, he's distracted by the set of roke mallets, and he even picks one up thinking about how all of this is Danny's fault. He then breaks the trance when Wendy and Danny speak to him. He still hears the overlook in his head telling um, Dick to kill them, but he just grabs the blanket and flees to the snowmobile where he wraps D Wendy and Danny and drives away. <sighs> when they get far away from Sidewinder, or when they're getting closer to Sidewinder, the sky clears and Danny sees vehicles coming up the road to greet them with clothes and brandy and a doctor. So the following summer, Dick works at another lodge, and Dick likes the job. And after his shift, he goes to the cabins, and he sits and talks to Wendy, and she's recovering from her injuries, and Danny is having less and less nightmares. Al Shockley had offered her a job in Maryland after Labor Day, and she accepted it so she can save Jack's insurance money for Danny for when he wants to go to college. Dick goes to see Danny, who is fishing, and Danny blames himself and his shine for what happened at the Overlook, and he says that he misses his dad. Dick comforts Danny and promises that they'll always be friends. Danny catches a fish, and Wendy joins them on the dock as he reels it in. The end. So, this last part, it had a, it had a lot of chapters, but they were basically really short chapters yeah they were really short but they were action packed if I say so myself yeah. and I was gonna say another reason why I feel like he did these such like shorter chapters is because you know like we had to go through you know Dick's point of view because he was in Florida and then Jack's and then Wendy's and Danny's so I kind of yeah. like having it all separated out yeah, because there was so much going on. You know, you've got Dick trying to get to Colorado and the issues he was having with that. You see Jack spiraling and talking to Grady and the hotel taking over. You see Wendy finally seeing the hotel for its true colors. You see Danny trying to hide and get in contact with Tony and Tony and all this other stuff. It's so much stuff at once. It is. A lot, a lot happened. So... First, can we talk about how now everybody is essentially, and we saw it last part, but now it's like the hotel isn't even trying to hide the fact that it can come alive and that it can do certain things. Yes, like with the part, especially the parties, because mm -hmm. I mean, when Wendy heard them. She heard them. She saw the mask in the elevator last um, part, but in this part, yeah, they really heard them. And also, they heard Jack speaking to people supposedly at these parties. Oh, yeah. He's over here dancing up on people. That's not his wife, might I add. Getting drunk, might I add. Oh, yeah. <laughs> drunk as a skunk. Oh, my gosh. 
And yeah. he's over here like, it's, you know, it's the hotel making him do it. And I'm like, I mean, she's not wrong. It is the hotel, but. Yeah, Jack also didn't have any t- any will to stop it because Hotel really said, you're mine now, talking about him potentially being the manager mm-hmm. and everything. And Jack's like, who's the manager? And they, you know, they're like, oh, the manager will reveal himself to you when he feels it. Um, creepy stuff, I will say. I'm like, it's so creepy. And we're like a week out from Halloween too. So I was like, this is perfect. This is I, so cool. I know that's why I was over here like this. I knew I wanted to do this book in October. Mm-hmm. I I just knew I would. So I don't know. But, but what I want to talk about next is probably Grady. Yes. And how he's over here like, oh, Danny needs to be corrected. You need to get your child, you know, essentially telling him like discipline him, but the discipline is ending his life. Him and his wife calling her. You know, just saying, like, I can't believe you let that <laughs> that woman do this and lock you in here. How did you let that woman who's half your size and that child, you need to show them that they need to respect a man as a man and a father. And I was like, um, Grady, because, like, Jack, remember, he was asking, like, what happened to them? He basically said, he's like, oh, my wife and two girls, like, one of them had tried to burn down the hotel. And he's like, so I had to basically essentially punish her and I was like oh I know and he I know that's what just like he did the same thing to his family and now he's trying to push Jack to do it and he even shows him an image in the clock of a man beating a boy with the mallet mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden when that's done guess what uh Jackie boy finds well he didn't he doesn't find it yeah Grady, Grady left that um Grady left that for him but that's what I mean. Like he saw it, like too fi- too fine. Like Grady left it with a purpose for him to find. And Jack's over here grinning all crazily and stuff. I was like, oh, uh, uh-uh. uh. Well, the hotel's got him now. <laughs> oh yeah, he's deep in the hotel, and Danny and Wendy see it. Like they officially realize it. Like Wendy was coming to realize too. Like the hotel wants Danny. Mm-hmm. And Jack was over here trying to say like. Well, you want me. What do you want with Danny? You have. He's over here trying to think, being like, well, you have me. So what do you need him for? I'm like, you really jealous of your son right now? Right. Because you want the hotel to want you, sir. I was like, sir, you need (laughs) you need different goals in life. That's what we need. But um, yeah, so Grady showed him all of that. And then, you know, Dick had the worst luck trying to get to the hotel. Yes. Because what? First, he missed his flight. By nine minutes because he got pulled over. Mm-hmm. For speeding. Mm-hmm. In his little limo. I said, okay with the Cadillac. I know. I'm like, okay, Dick. <laughs> okay. Because Dick, and before that, can we talk about the lie he made up? My son got shot. I gotta go. <laughs> I know. I'm just like, wow, he just ready for it. And like he said, he was like just playing because his boss was, I mean, you gotta think, y'all, this is set in like 60s, 70s. So there is a lot of racist undertones for a lot of these characters. And Dick was saying he was basically playing on the fact that he's black and his boss is white and everything. And I was just like, ooh, 
<laughs> trying to be like, you know, my son got shot. And his boss was like, oh, no, you know, if you need me to help, just call. Oh, no, no, good and well. <laughs> no, good and well. But, I mean, it worked. It did. It did. Like, and he was gone, you know, leaving. And like Asia said, you know, nine minutes late because he got pulled over. And then so he had to wait for another flight. And I love how, as this is going on, Stephen King's telling you the time in mountain time. Yes. Because he's a race against the clock. Because all of this starts basically like with Jack. Because before it goes over to Dick and stuff, all this is happening. It's like 5, 5.30 a.m. mountain time. Mm-hmm. And then everything with Dick happens and then... <laughs> Poor Dick, because he just feels like his, he almost crashed his uh limo when Danny was yelling for him. Yeah, he did. It was like such, like, because, you know, Danny was strong and, you know, almost made him pass out the first time. And they were right next to each other. So I was like, either, you know, Danny's that powerful or he's just that afraid. I think it's both. Because like Dick had said the first time, Danny was just doing it just to do it but this time he's actually doing it out of pure terror and panic mm-hmm. you know and then the dude he almost hit with his little racist undertones it's like oh i thought he was having a heart attack i'm not gonna say all the stuff that they say in this book because my eyebrows were raised and my pearls were clutched because i was high key mad <laughs> uh, yeah. and even the hotel yo the hotel calling him the n-word and stuff I'm going to hang you and sending him images. I was like, what? <laughs> I said, I don't like this. How can a hotel be racist? Racist. If you don't keep your little black self out of here, I'm going to hang you and leave you out to dry. I was like, what? Exactly. I was like, what? But, and then he finally did get another flight because this guy, I forgot his name already, ended up not coming there and missing it so dick took his seat in first class mind you i said okay dick with flying in luxury i love that big baller big baller and dick but you know and dick's over here doing this and before he had even left i love how he was thinking about the fact he had had this urge to write his last to write his will mm-hmm. and you know and he did I was so afraid. I was like, what if Dick dies? I swear to God, when Dick was like, he just has this feeling that this is going to be a fatal trip. Y'all, no cap. I was so upset. <laughs> I had to take a break because I genuinely, I like Dick. I know at first I was like, mm, thought he's going to do a little touchy-touchy on Danny, but now I'm like, I mm. did, and that's why I was trying to be like, no, Kiana, you all like Tony. <laughs> no exactly and I was like um but no Dick is amazing and I love the fact Dick and he felt it he just felt it he's like this is probably gonna be one of the last things I do in my life especially like we haven't even gotten to his trip while he's in Colorado trying to get to the hotel y'all because that is crazy and so he's over here like with his will and everything but he's like I just cannot like I told him to call me for help and I know he needs it and he's just so afraid he's like I know the hotel is trying to kill them mm-hmm. and I was like who child I know but I mean he finally gets off his flight and 
he rents what like what a Buick. Yes, honey. He said he was going for um. He wasn't going for style. He was going for what can help him in the snow. I know. He was like, I feel like this will get me down or down there faster. And yeah, because the guy had to call a gas station on the way up so they could put chains because the snow was so bad. They said it was the worst. This is set in the 70s, I think. Yeah, because they said this was the worst snowstorm that they had had in the area since 1969. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, because the hotel said, you're not coming today. Because I'm wondering, I'm like, when did Grady and his family, was that in 69? I I can't remember. You know, I'm not good with dates. Listen, I'm somewhat good with dates, but I just can't remember stuff. <laughs> But that's what that's what I'm speculating was the last time the storm was this bad was probably around when Grady uh, slaughtered his family and then the hotel killed him. But yeah, so then he got the Buick, he got the chains put on and he almost died, y'all. Mm-hmm. I was holding my breath. I was so upset. He, he wrecked or he ran off the road in the Buick and had mm-hmm. to come and pull him out. But the man was nice. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Also, not only was the man nice, Dick realized he had a little bit of shine, just like how, I forgot to mention this, on the plane, the woman he was sitting next to, he felt like had a little bit of shine as well. hmm And to Dick, that's not a... For Dick, whether omens are good or bad, he's not happy and that's why he feels like this is probably the last thing he's gonna do in his living form because he said he normally only meets people with shine four or five times a year he's met two in less than five hours yeah and yeah so he's meeting all these people with a little bit of shine not Mm -hmm. you know nearly as much as danny but yeah but enough that he knows like they shine a little bit and so then he gets his car out and then he gets to uh side window and honey because the yeah the snowmobile that the guy because the plowman knows him and gave him his gloves so that the um guy at that hotel or whatever it was would give him the snowmobile at a good price and realize that he wasn't crazy, essentially. Yeah. But that snowmobile, heading up to the Overlook, the Overlook over here sending him mean messages and stuff, but them hedge animals attacked him. Honey, that lion said, rawr. (laughs) I'm sorry, y'all. That was so bad, but it's true. Like, the lion was attacking him scratching him he has blood coming down his face mm-hmm. so what does dick do <laughs> asia sets it on fire honey his little arm too i know and so then but then that still didn't help because i'm over here oh yay now he's in the overlook all of a sudden here comes jack smashing his face bam yep Oh, but in between that time, sorry. I mean, yeah, there's a lot going on before summer, Dick. Yeah, I have the summary uploaded, but um, yeah. So you know, Wendy and Ooh. Danny had locked um 
their dad in the pantry because he was over here trying to choke Wendy. Literally choking him. Her, excuse me, not him. Oops. <laughs> Literally choking her. And then Danny, like, jumped on his back to stop him. Because, yeah. okay, before that, even before this, Wendy had gone to make she had gone down in the basement because she had not into the basement into the kitchen because she had said it felt like one of danny's safe places and she felt safe because dick had been there it had dick's energy and aura well, y'all tell me why wendy grabbed the biggest and sharpest knife there was and wrapped that in a towel and took it upstairs now now Mind y'all, everywhere she goes anywhere now, because when she and Danny were sleeping, because they were sleeping together, because Jack is doing hotel madness, she slept with the knife, you know, under the pillow. Well, while they left and everything, she always has that knife on her. And so, like Asia had mentioned, Jack's over here choking her out like it's going out of style at this point. (laughs) And she knew that the knife was in her pocket, but it's like she couldn't react enough type thing the same thing with danny when he saw that lady in the tub so wendy i'll give wendy this y'all i said okay wendy redeeming yourself she grabbed one of the bottles that they use as decoration and she knocked jack upside his head with it Mm -hmm. i was like okay wendy yep and so they ended up locking him in the pantry and that's when you know Grady had came to him like we had said earlier and was telling him that um you know he should be ashamed of letting Wendy do that to him but then he ends up letting Jack out and so Wendy thinks like later on she thinks that she hears Jack talking and she goes to check don't know why she did that don't know why she left the door unlocked but I mean I guess it came in handy later mm-hmm and so um, she sees him like at the stairs and he's over here chasing her up and like he hits her. He hits her multiple times with that mallet, y'all. He like, And that's when she brought up that knife and bow, bow, bow. She said, yank, 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 stab, stab, stab. And at first he was kind of down and she's like, oh my gosh, because y'all, he hit her in the stomach. She has broken ribs. He hit her above her knee. Like Wendy is going through it. And then she looks, and Jack's smiling with a knife sticking out his back and blood coming out his smile, dripping down his chin. <laughs> I said, oh, uh-uh. Y'all, if y'all have ever seen Pet Cemetery, the movie by Stephen King, there's this scene and somebody's like climbing up the stairs really creepily. I'm not going to say who because it's a spoiler type thing. But somebody's like creepily crawling up the stairs trying to get to one of the main people of Pet Cemetery. That's Jack trying to get to Wendy with this knife out his back, with this knife in his back. Yeah. Like he even makes a comment about how she killed him. He's like, he's like, yeah, you. <laughs> he's cussing up a storm, y'all. He's calling her all these creative names in the book, mind you. And he's like, you know, you killed me. When I get you, I'm going to kill you. Oh, my gosh. And then, so Wendy, like we said, she's injured. And so she's trying to get up the stairs to get up to the room to try to get to Danny. And at first, Jack was going kind of slow. And then she noticed, she's like, it's like Jack's picking up strength instead of losing it. Mm-hmm. And some way, somehow, honey, she she made it to the room. And she locked it, 
but she left the keys in the lock and that supported. But all thing you hear is Jack attacking that door with the mallet. And Asia, I don't know about you, but I was scared. 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 I'm such a scary person. So I'm imagining this crazy man that's your husband, and you know the hotel has him attacking the mallet on the door, and then he eventually gets through, and that's when he realized, just as Wendy did, he left the keys. So he's grabbing them. She goes in the bathroom. And then that's where that iconic scene from the movie comes where he's when he's like, here's Johnny. <laughs> I'm assuming. And he's over here trying to attack her. But Wendy, you know, I don't know, like, what told her about the medicine cabinet. I don't think it necessarily specified, did it? I don't think so. I think it's just one of those times where, because what... Like, what I've always said before is, like, Wendy will fight for, you know, herself and Danny, no matter who it is. So I just feel like this whole time, like, just, like, her going down, picking up the knife, like, she's seen this stuff. And I think she's made a mental note and be like, oh, I can use this later. Oh, I can use this later. I feel like that's one of the things that it was. Yeah, I think so. Because next thing we know, she's over here, slash, slash, slash. (laughs) Oh my gosh, every time he was trying to come with that mallet, but then it leads back up to what we said earlier, Dick's arrival distracted Jack. And he went to go take care of that. Gosh. And the whole time too, Wendy, during this, Wendy doesn't know where Danny is. Because Danny's not in the bedroom. Where Danny's at. But huh? also, Danny fell asleep, and apparently it was so deep in his subconscious that Tony could talk to him. Yeah, and, you know, Danny's like, where am I? And Tony's like, you're in a place only we are. You know, I am a part of you. And Danny's just like, I want my mommy. I want my daddy. And Tony's like, listen, you got to do something or else you're going to lose them both. Yeah, they're just like, look, Danny and Wendy are already pretty hurt. You gotta do, I was like, the only way they'll survive is, you know, you, because you will remember what your dad forgot. Exactly. And he's like, you know, and Danny's just trying to connect the dots. But at that point, he essentially woke up. Oh, and then Danny boy. (laughs) Jack finds Danny boy. He sure did, honey, didn't he? Mm-hmm. But Danny was over here saying, you're just a false face. He's telling the hotel that um, he'll never get what he wants. Mm-hmm. And then Danny finally remembers what his dad forgot. <laughs> and it was... Drumroll? The boiler. Exactly. <laughs> because... Before, when this had happened, Jack was down there looking in the papers and stuff, and he was in his hotel illusion, and guess what was happening to the boiler at that time? It was overheating or whatever. And so Jack was able to reduce it, but Jack had literally said, if that boiler probably gets over 100, it was going to (laughs) blow. Well, not even that. Whenever he was down in the basement earlier, he kind of wished that it would just blow up. Yeah, he did. He wished it would blow up, but that Danny and Wendy would be safe. 
yeah, even though he felt like he probably wouldn't make it, at least they would be. Mm-hmm. And, huh. So and then, then the he- hotel leaves Danny and then tries to go, you know, fix the boiler. Yeah, and I was like, what are y'all doing? I said, y'all want to stay alive so bad. <laughs> but, I mean, he didn't make it. Because it blew up. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. Merry Christmas. Happy Halloween. <laughs> it, it, it blew up. <laughs> Happy Halloween, guys. Merry Christmas for them. Okay. And that was the best thing, I think, that could have happened. Because mm-hmm. they barely made it out in time. And who's they, honey? Danny. Yep. Wendy. Yep. And Dick. Dun dun dun. Because where's Jackie boy? Dead with his hotel. Mm-hmm. Dead with his hotel, y'all. Yep, but the hotel was not done yet. Oh, of course it wasn't. So they went to uh, they went somewhere. I can't like an equipment room or something, Shed. Mm-hmm. I think so. To go get blankets and stuff. And when Dick went in there, he saw the rubber mallets and he was like, you know what? This is all Danny's fault. Because the overlook was like whispering in his mind. Yeah. Because while Dick was traveling, which is really big, because while Dick was traveling to the hotel, after the hotel said it's nasty, colorful, racist stuff, he had like tried to block it out. But as he got closer to the hotel, the hotel was starting to seep through his defenses. Oh, and, not really bad, but I mean, you gotta think he also took a beating. That's true. So exactly. So his defenses are—they're they, gone essentially mm-hmm. at this point. So the hotel can, like you said, seep in this little poison and tell him, you know, this is Danny's fault. You can take care of this by getting rid of Danny. Everything will be fine. Huh. <sighs> yep. But he snaps out of it. Mm-hmm. And they get out of there. Just the three of them. Thank goodness. I know. And then there was people waiting to help them when they got down the mountain. I was like, okay, y'all fake. <laughs> now she's saying y'all fake. They are like, oh, well, now, you know, we can help y'all out. Yeah, which is so crazy. Got <laughs> to help for forever. Mm-hmm. And clearly by the time they would have got there, you know, it would have been too late. No, exactly, because it's so crazy, like how Dick had called, you know, the Rocky National Park, you know, authorities, and they were like, oh, we've got people stuck in the mountain, that's more important, blah, 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 the people inside uh, Sidewinder, they're fake, like you said, I was like, yeah, they just have a bad feeling about the hotel, I'm like, but y'all don't do nothing. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't say nothing. Y'all don't do nothing. I mean, they all acknowledge, you know, money is what keeps a lot of people's mouths closed. But at the same time, y'all still could have said something in the beginning. Yeah. But I mean, it wouldn't, in the beginning, it wouldn't have mattered because they needed the money that bad. That's very true. So they probably wouldn't have listened. Yeah. I mean, they didn't listen. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. All the weird stuff that was happening in the hotel, I mean, they, they didn't leave, so. Exactly. And 
they did and i'm like great so now that the party's over for the hotel that's i mean because it is now all of a sudden y'all like oh, okay we can come out the woodworks and help someone now mm -hmm. i was like come on that does not make any sense not at all mm -hmm. they made it out that's the most important part yeah they made it out the three of them i mean dick didn't die like he thought he was going to no oh my gosh wendy with all her broken wendy needs some therapy and some medical attention <laughs> oh well they all except maybe danny need medical attention yeah danny just needs a psychiatrist and a psychologist oh yes he needs help he just saw his dad get blown up literally saw his dad get blown up his mom looks a mess he's had to do he saw that dude that dog man he's seen a lot <laughs> saying that he was gonna eat him and eat his genitalia and stuff i said what <laughs> ew like this dude has like blood all over his face you know wendy i and it just killed me like wendy she already knew danny wasn't even lying and stuff but she was like you're yeah she's like you've always been telling the truth you've been telling the truth <laughs> i believe you and it's so sad that all this mess had to happen in the first place but guess what guess where the overlook is now y'all a pile of ash so we think dun 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 no. dun 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 <laughs> but yeah but the little last little chapter was just it was a happy ending you know dick got a new job wendy got wendy got a job yeah they were supposed to be moving to maryland Mm-hmm. shock we gave her a job and um you know danny's sad about his dad but he also knows at the end that wasn't really his dad yeah exactly and they're all trying to go off. You know, Wendy's trying to work because they got the life insurance that Jack had mentioned before the life insurance policy he and Wendy took out. And so she's like, they don't want to dip into that too deeply because she wants to use that to send Danny to college mm -hmm. and give him a little head start afterwards in case he needs it. Yeah. And so I was just like, that's the best thing. That's why I was like, I feel like Wendy, like, yeah, I know people are probably going to give her grief about, um, staying with jack but i mean everything that she does is for her son everything Not you know that like she has no qualms about killing her husband for her son at all you know so that's i'm just like she everything she does is for her son because she could have taken that money bought them a house now and live fine now but she's like no i'm gonna put this in his future yeah, that's the one thing about Wendy, this whole thing, like you said. Whatever happens, Danny's going to be okay. Wendy will sacrifice. She did. She sacrificed Jack. She's willing to sacrifice herself just to make sure Danny has a chance. Mm-hmm. And it's just so crazy because in this little epilogue, you know, he's about to be seven, Dick's 62. And, you know, and it's still sad because, like, Danny still feels like it's his fault. You know, he feels like everything's his fault. Like, if he could have done something, some way, somehow to change things. And Dick's like, there's really nothing you could have done and it's not your fault. Mm -hmm. But it's so sweet that they still have each other. You know, at the end of the day, he still has his mom. Yeah. And, you know, 
Dick's going to be there for him as much as he needs him. And like Dick said, you call for me from Maryland and I'll come and get you, honey. Mm-hmm. It's the sweetest. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, good for him. And then... <laughs> and then, you guys, that leads to the sequel. <laughs> yep, to Dr. Sleep. Huh. And I can't wait for that, you guys. I'm so excited. I haven't started it yet, of course. <laughs> but Asian kind of, she's done a little sneak peek and she said it's pretty good, y'all. Yeah. Um, I was thinking maybe we just read the perfectory matters mm-hmm. first. And get that out the way for next week instead of reading that and part one. Okay. Because that's already, I know part one is pretty big. I'm not through part one yet. <laughs> yeah. So okay. we'll just read the, so yeah, we'll just read those perfectory matters first, you guys, and then we'll continue on to part one the following week. But yes, that is the end of The Shining. And I think. Everything that happens is a great precursor for Halloween because while we're recording this, it's a week from Halloween. And so when we record the next episode, it will be Halloween, but we'll be starting the sequel. So I feel like Stephen King's just rolling us through the seasons at this point. He is taking up all of fall. All of fall, but there's no... I'm not mad about it. As I said, I love Stephen King. I love his books. The Shining was not a disappointment. It was not a disappointment. I'm really happy I finally got to read the book behind the movie that I don't know if I want to watch. I was about to say, now you have to watch the movie. I'm going to have to have someone watch it with me. <laughs> it's not scary, you guys, because it was made back in like the 80s. But I'm scary. So I need someone to watch it with me and it's probably going to be Asia. I'll text you. (laughs) (laughs) We live in two different states, so we not actually watching it together. No, no, you know, she'll text me or I'll just call her and FaceTime her or something and be like, help, I'm scared. Yes. As she judges me silently through the phone. But I I don't get scared at all, you guys. Yeah, she's been trying to make me like horror for horror and thrillers for years and it's not worked yet. So, but did you have any final thoughts about The Shining, Asia? I don't have any final thoughts. I mean, it's I've seen since I've seen the movie, it is that's different. Mhm. There is clearly more detail in the book that you don't get. Oh in yeah. The movie. So, I like seeing, you know, kind of where their heads are at and now since I finished the book completely, I'll probably go back through and watch the movie. Exactly. And I feel the same. Now that I really know the story about The Shining, when I finally muster up the courage to read, to not read the book, I just read the book. Excuse me, guys. <laughs> when I finally get the courage to watch the movie, I'll probably be able to pick out the differences pretty well. Since, like you said, the movie isn't going to be as detailed as the book. And the book's already a lot. It's so much, and there's so many tiny things that I bet they didn't add, you know, just because for the sake of 
entertainment purposes. But like always, you guys, thank you guys so much for listening to us. Yes, and wherever you're listening to on the web, Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review or just rate. Five stars would be great. (laughs) Yes, and like we always say, you can leave us suggestions. You can reach us on Facebook and Instagram at Sisterhood Book Pod and on Twitter at Sisterhood Book One. Yes, and again, thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you next week.